Welcome back to the grinder. We are back in the hizzy and uh, sorry for the hiatus. Got my laptop stolen from some punks, broke into my car. Punk bitches. And, uh, punk bitches. But it's all good because you know what? It allowed me to open up my mind to a whole new setting. And I'm going to explain that in a quick intro. But I'm going to introduce my main man, and the co-host with the most mustache in the world, James, the Mustache Chapman. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's not morning anymore, but it's afternoon, but that's cool. See, our guest didn't know that, and you could have just let that roll. Yeah, well, I didn't. So I say to you again, kind sir, good morning. <laughs> good afternoon. Um, so I'm going to So go truck got broke into, yeah. some dirt bags. Broken your truck while you're just trying to better yourself, right? Man, I'm out here just trying to get ready for this ruck that we have coming up in about two or three weeks. Yeah, and come on. Those jokers broke into the truck, busted out my back window, scratched it all to shit, and guess what? What's that? They took off with both my laptops, my gun, the holster it was in, broke the console in the middle man they ate up my truck basically right wow yep so um beyond all that i'm gonna i'm gonna explain something to you this was a chance for me to understand two things one bad shit happens and there's two different there's two ways of looking at problems there's problems and then there's inconveniences, right? Problems are things that are serious, that can't be fixed correctly at, at this moment. So like cancer, you know, whatever that may be, that's a fucking problem, right? That That's something you really have to get over, right? Yeah. Inconveniences are these things that happen on this level that we all see as problems, Right. An inconvenience you can get over real quick. That's a good way to look at it. Yes, sir. So that opened up my mind to that piece. The second piece to this was a lot of the close people around me came, you know, they, they were there for me when I needed them, right? So the next day that it happened, Safe Light was there. They put in a brand new window. Nationwide was there. They help pay for that new window. Yeah, come on. Yep. And then in addition to that, Carly, um, so they stole my book bag too. Uh, Carly hooked me up with a brand new backpack when I got home that day. So that was freaking awesome, man. About almost made me cry. That's how serious like it meant to me, right? Yeah. And then in addition to that, um, my dad came in clutch and brought me a new laptop up to the, because I had class that next day, conversion class or whatever. 
mm-hmm. and he brought me a laptop up there. Right. Like it, it, and this whole process allowed me to see that there's a reason why I'm not in this other guy's shoes who broke into my car. Right. I've got people around me that absolutely push for me to be better. They make sure that I'm good. And you know, this dude probably doesn't have that. And that's why he's in a slump ass life, living a shitty situations. Like it just is what it is. But the reason we put people around us that push us to become better and that are there to love us is for this reason. And it allows us to become even more. I like that. So what you're saying is in a bad situation, you got to see a lot of good too. Yep. It took me a minute. Yeah. It took me a minute, but yeah, over that week, man, I, I feel a lot better about everything. Yeah. Whoever did it's still a little bitch. Yeah, they're still punk ass bitches. <laughs> they deserve to have their ass whooped. They they deserve more than that. And I'm not yeah. gonna say anything more. But yeah. he did take off with my Vince Lombardi book and I hope the motherfucker reads a page out of it. That's all <laughs> nice. <laughs> just do me do yourself a favor, just read a page out of this. Yeah, just, how about you just read one page and you might feel a little bit better about your shitty ass life. Anyways. I, I got to ask, why did he break the console? Was the console locked? So he yes. broke it open to get what's it? Okay. And that's where my gun was. The one time I leave my gun in my truck, dude. That sucks, man. Yeah. But Nationwide is going to come in clutch, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So hey, um, so with that, let's, let's go into, so you were doing, uh, you're doing a little prep work for the rock we got coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, so what were you, were you doing a trail or were you doing was like a mountain trail or what, where are you practicing at? So it's a, uh, we, it's called the parkway in Alpharetta. And so it's, it is a paved path and then it runs off into a, a unpaved path and you even have like, you know, it, it gets a good, a little, it, it gets a decent amount of uh, elevation on it. Cool. So as you're going through, but it is pretty much for the most part paved. Yeah, this, uh, you know, so we got two more weeks till 26 miles. I don't know what our time hack is. I think it's pretty liberal. I think we get like nine hours or something. 11, 11 hours? Yeah. Oh, dude, we're golden. Yeah. Well, unless somebody just breaks down. Yeah. You know. Won't be me. No, I don't plan on being me. Maybe Morgan? I know he's got that, he's got that hard... Uh, exterior, but I think he's all soft and gooey on the inside. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. When the man, it's like full of gum. <laughs> do what? What'd you say? I said he's, you know, he's got that hard exterior, but he's all soft on the inside, and he's like a, it's like full of gummy bears. <laughs> now it's gonna be a challenge, though, man. That's a long time. I mean, if I, from what I'm kind of figuring, you know, if we walk a slow pace. Cause it's, it's about getting the distance, not how fast we do it. 11 hours is a shitload of time. Yeah. You know, we do, um, I think we'll probably finish somewhere around, you know, eight and a half hours. You got to think, I mean, you're going to do eight and a half hours of just straight up walking. And, you know, that's like a, I mean, doing like a 20 minute mile, man, that's a pretty, that's a pretty slow pace. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I a think long time should... though. Hmm. 
It's a long time. It's a long distance. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with one of the things I didn't realize um, was how much that weight actually starts stacking up. After about mile seven, you're like, okay, all right, this is, this is there. Yeah. Well, what's bad is you sit there and think, what's the extra thing I packed? What does that one thing weigh? Oh, that's an extra two pounds. Okay. How many steps am I making in a mile? Then you sit there and figure that in your head approximate right you figure mm-hmm. approximate how many steps do i make in a mile and then you go okay well now how many pounds time how many pounds times that step what does that equal okay how many miles and then you sit there and calculate basically you moved you know a couple thousand pounds over that distance and you sit there and look at it that way don't do that i'm really bad about that see i don't i don't do that whatsoever i just put the ruck on and move yeah man i suck at ruck marching like i'm not when I was in the military, we do rut marches. I mean, I'm I'm five, I'm five nine, like on a good day. Did you just right? give yourself like an extra three inches? Shit, what are you kidding, man? I'm like <laughs> I'm five nine, five nine. So, uh, but I don't have a really long stride, and I'm a small guy, you know. Overall, I mean, I'm like a buck forty five, right? So, you know, I just. You know, you, somebody, you know, you get out there and you get a ruck with a guy that weighs 180, that's six foot, and we're carrying the same weight. Yeah. And then it would, it was even worse if you were on the back end of the ruck because, you know, I mean, it kind of was slinky. So, the, so it would go and then it would slinky and then, you know, you might have to start jogging a little bit to catch up, right? And then it would just do that the whole ruck. It's like this, just back and forth. Dude, I used to get my ass smoked. They would literally like make me, I would get anxious, even though it was just a rock. Like, and I would just get anxious because I, I knew that it was just going to be a bitch for me the whole time. Never, never dropped out of one ever, ever dropped out of a rock. But, um, you know, man, that's been several years since I've been in. So when Morgan and I did the 12 mile rock in Atlanta, I was like, okay, you know, it's 12 miles, no big deal. You know, we're not going to be fast. I mean, a good pace on a 12-miler is like three hours. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a good standard time. It's like, yeah, we're not going to finish that fast. We're probably going to be around four hours. Just got to ruck it out four hours. No big deal. So, um, but I didn't condition my feet. And wearing boots, man, you get hot spots. And we were, when we were getting close, we had about two miles left. I mean, I could feel, I figured I had gotten blisters on my pads mm-hmm. and I figured they popped. Well, about two miles left, I realized they didn't pop. They were still swelling. When I would take a step with my pad, I could oh. feel the blister push up against my toes. And like, it's oh, my toes, dude. And I was like, my feet are fucked. <laughs> so um, they never popped, which was awesome, man. My feet were jacked. So this time I've really been trying to – see, I've been doing – instead of doing a lot of rock marches to practice, I've been trying to do longer ones, less okay. but longer, so I can just try to really get my feet back used to, you know, just rocking, um, getting these little sissy office feet around here. So got to step up my game. Got you. But it'll be fun. Not excited about Nashville, though. We originally had Florida, which yep. is, was going to be nice and flat. And Oh, now Nashville in November. So now you got to try to plan, you know, a little cold weather gear. Ugh. 
with hills, you know, Hey, whatever, let's, let's get it done. I'm sitting here bitching and you know, we just watched David Goggins or whatever his name is. And the Goggins and that how he says last name. Yeah. He just did that Moab 240. went off course, ran back and then they pulled him out. I guess he didn't have a choice. They said, you're coming out, right? Yeah. So he goes to the hospital, gets done. The race is over doesn't count for shit his ass goes back to where they pulled him and finishes the race even though there's no there's no finish line yep that man is a fucking monster he's like that that mindset man his mindset have you have you read or listened to his book no but after this i gotta get his book my choice no like you need to do that before we do this but uh, I, I listen to his book, do it on audible because it's more of like a podcast slash uh, like slash reading the book. So yeah. like they break out, like they'll read like a chapter and then they'll go like in depth on like what he meant and you know, what was going on in his brain during that time. And then they go back into the book. So it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But you, like you, you start to understand like why he is the way he is and it makes complete sense. He seems like the kind of guy that you wouldn't really talk to, though. Like if you if you if you watch him on like Instagram and stuff, like he says what's fact to him. Yeah, there's no debate, right? There's no conversation to be had. Like I, I felt like if I ran into him and I asked him a question, he'd be like, "Did you hear what I said, motherfucker?" <laughs> you know, like that would be it. That's the it. guy's amazing. Uh, um, he also did a Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, I don't know if I've heard that one. I'll believe it's, I have. It's it's very similar to what he goes into in the Audible book, uh, and like a shorter version, obviously. But it's pretty. I good. think he originally didn't he wasn't he the guy that was a, like a really famous guy that he went and lived with, and that guy wrote, wrote a book called Living with a Navy Seal or something. Yeah. So the guy, no, that that's a different book, but um, right. yeah. So that guy lived with David for however long and then wrote the book about david goggins basically so so that's kind of where david got his platform yeah yeah so i heard an interview with the the dude that had david come live with him yeah which yeah. he's an interesting he's a pretty interesting character himself but um and he had wrote that book and he was promoting the book and he was kind of going through the top stuff so that that's really all i'd known about uh david goggins was was through that guy's story so, yeah, man, I'm going to get the book and check it out. I'll send it to you. Very cool. What um, what book are you in right now? Uh, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Navy SEAL book. I think it's called, like, um, damn, I can't remember the name of the book, dude. Must be a great book. Actually, I mean, it's, um, it's like <laughs> – uh, I think it's like mindset of a Navy SEAL or something like that. I'll I'll look it up, but um, it's actually a pretty good book. I mean, it walks it walks into a few different things um, about building mindset and building up, um, you know, just that mentality of like getting through shit. Just you know, get your plan and just kind of move through, you know, move through everything. So it's it's a pretty good book. I'm I'm stuck between that right now because it's more of like my that book is more of like my mental mindset situation, yeah. like the growing book for like the month. And then I'm also still reading uh, about face. And I did not realize how long that book was, man. It's like, 
like a thousand and something pages. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's not it's not like devil space or anything. And the text is like super tiny. I'm about half a, a little bit over halfway through it, but it's it's a good book, but it's it's uh it's long. Yeah. So I'm what in, about you? I'm in the middle of uh well I just finished up uh decision points by old W. George oh, yeah. W. Push. Always wanted to read the book. Um not bad. Just entertaining. Kind of seeing more of his insight on stuff. So finish that up. Uh worth the read. And now I'm in the middle of Pumpkin Patch by Mike McCallowitz. Same guy who did Profit First. So he's got three books that I'm interested in. Profit First was great. I'm implementing that plan now. Um this book I just started, Pumpkin Patch. And he has a third book called Surge. I've not started yet, but I have it downloaded ready to go. But Pumpkin Patch is about focusing. It's really about getting niche and then focusing on your clients, like your best clients. Like uh, he uses the analogy. What kind of gave him the idea? He went to a, saw a thing. He was talking about this guy who was saying, setting like the state record for growing like a half ton pumpkin, which we've all seen, right, on TV or something. It's like a pumpkin the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Right. The guy was talking about how, he did it and how much the focus goes into it. And he equated that to, you know, light bulb. Wow. This is how I should grow my business off my best clients. Instead of trying to have a million little pumpkins, let's work on really big ones. It's pretty cool. Um, still, I'm like, I'm only on like chapter three. So, but good so far. I'm interested in how that works out. Start breaking up your clients, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been guilty of that many times. I'm very thankful for my clients, but, you know, all clients are not created equal, dude, yeah, at I mean, all. Yeah, I mean, that's business, though. Um, you know, and, and you know that. I mean, you've been in business long enough to where you're like, hey, look, this is that and this is this. Yeah, I mean, literally this week I was on the phone with someone who was, I don't want to say scolding, but she didn't like my answers. She refused to work with someone on my staff that's very capable. I, I want to speak to the person in charge. I want to speak to the person who knows it with the most experience. Well, that's me. Okay, that's that's fair. It's fair if something's going wrong or something's broke or you got a complaint. But, it, like, I pay great people. I really reinforce into my people. I train my people, all that stuff. A great team. So I get on the phone. And she's going through, she spends the first three minutes telling me basically how I'm running my company wrong. And if I tell her like, hey, ma'am, which I'm super respectful. I don't care if you're fucking 20 and you walk in here. I call you ma'am. I call you sir. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm about client experience. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you pay my company money, if you ask to speak to me, you're going to get the opportunity to speak to me. That's the way I do business. So anyways, get on the phone. First three minutes, she's telling me basically I'm running my company wrong. And I'm like, ma'am, you know, you said you had coverage questions and I'm all about your feedback. But so far on the phone, all you've done is tell me how I need to run my company. Now, did you have coverage questions or do you have complaints? Because I'm, I'm happy to listen to either, but you know, oh, okay. So she gets into her whole, you know, asking her questions about coverages. And then she, then she starts like basically trying to treat me like I'm her bitch. <laughs> and then I look at her account, and realize 
we make about $120 a year off this client. Which, once again, numbers add up, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you you don't you don't actually it's probably like more like ninety that we make a year off this client. Ninety bucks, okay. Like you don't only get certain demands when it's like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just a fact. Like my time's valuable. I get it. No, I get it. You know. So, anyways, pumpkin patch, hopefully going to help me kind of hone in on some of that stuff, get a little laser beam action going and, and do a little bit better job of seeing where I should be spending my time and earning my money. I love it. Um, that book that I was, um, that book that I was telling you about, it's called Mental Toughness mm. of a Navy SEAL. Nice. Yeah. But I will say, there's another good book. Are we, uh, Carly and I went up to North Carolina over the weekend and um, I listened to a whole book on the way up there and on the way back. And it's called um, never or don't split the difference. Never split the difference. Yeah. Never split the difference by Chris Voss. Um, And it's, it's, he was like a FBI uh, negotiator. Dude, there is some like really good stuff in there about like talking to people going through like if if you're in a field of like negotiation like real estate or whatever it may be um really good information in there for that but then outside of that it's like a really good way to pinpoint people and how to talk to them and you know just in different aspects Hmm. so pretty cool so wait a minute y'all y'all drive up yeah so you put in headphones and listen to a book the whole way up oh no Carly and I both listened to it. Oh man, that's power play right there. Yeah. I was actually about to get a little sad. I'm like, man, y'all took a trip together. Y'all didn't even talk. Y'all listen to books on the whole way. But no, y'all listen together. That's cool. I like yeah. that. It was it was a non-negotiable situation. I like that. That's yeah. good. That's good. That and she's taking a negotiations class in uh in law school. So a little oh, bit. So she said it was non-negotiable to you. No, 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 no. Oh, I see how it is. Hey, man, it's all good. Hey, hey, look, relationships are about give and take, bro. Yeah, that's that's valuable. Every relationship is a give and take, isn't it? What was that last thing you said? Every relationship is about give and take. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. All right, man. Um, let's let's give our listeners something they can uh, they can go with other than our rantings. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, so currently, in the situation that I'm in is I'm in a position where I don't hold control over the, over the situation. Um, working on a deal right now that was supposed to close today, but we have an appraiser that is being difficult and will not um, check mark a box. And that's all he has to do to make everything move forward. And it's not like it's anything serious that would be detrimental to if he did mark this off. It's just simply he has to admit that he was wrong and he's not able to do that. Right. So what do you do in that situation? How do you handle a situation that is out of your control? Are you asking me? Cause I'd love to answer this. Yes. Shoot. Teamwork. Yep. I agree. Communication. Teamwork. You, you, you have a problem. You got a monkey on your back mm-hmm. and you can't take care of the monkey. Right. You can't fix it. It's out of your control. I have to do this all the time with underwriting. Okay. So I called them in a team effort, right? 
I address the issue. Okay. So I address the issue to that person that I'm hoping to take this. All I'm doing is while like with one hand pleading, right. Coming off like, Oh no, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Hands taking this monkey off my back and laying it on their shoulder without them even knowing. So I'm making them the hero. That's really what I'm doing. So I'm going, here's the concern. I don't know what to do. Here's why I'm confused. And then I shut the fuck up. Yeah, that makes sense. Because that way you shut the fuck up, right? Yeah. What happens? I shut up. First one that talks loses, right? Yep. Boom. So they start talking and they're going to talk themselves into how we solve it. Right. I don't know what to do. What do you think? How do we solve this? How do we get there? I don't know what to do, Addison. Yep. Yep. Boom. Just waiting. That fucking monkey jumps right off my shoulder onto theirs. And then I'll praise them about their teamwork and their effort and how awesome they are and how we just took care of this person. They're the hero. I hang up the phone. They feel great about themselves. I can go what the fuck I want. Exactly. And that, I mean, that, and that's really the only way to play it. I think, I mean, cause especially, I mean, you don't know what the consequences are, you know, outside of that, but as long as you are giving them the opportunity to become, you know, like you said, the hero, I think it changes the entire dynamic. And, and to that, that's the problem. Most of the time, most of the time people want to be the heroes. Right. So it plays well in situations like that. But when you're dealing directly with a customer, you know, you trying to be the hero is the fuck up. You don't need to be the hero. The client's the hero. So even if a client calls here upset or excited or whatever, whatever the situation is, I'm the God. I'm the God. They're the hero. And all I want to do is make them feel like more of a hero, even if they didn't do dick. Right. Okay. But my job is to make people feel good. Yeah. Make them satisfied. They give me money. Okay. And if I can make them feel good and make them feel like the hero and dress their concerns and help them get it fixed and help them self-discover that, then their money, that from me becomes more valuable than their money. Right. Something's more valuable than your money. Guess what? You give the money. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I talk about that analogy all the time. You know, Hey, I got my, I got my iPhone here. All right. If if I told you to give me uh, ten grand for my iPhone, you would tell me to go fuck myself, right? Yep. But if I told you, hey, if you give me ten grand in the next two hours, you can have my brand new fucking Raptor, yours, ten grand. You would have ten grand on my desk within two hours. You'd make it happen. You you're exactly right. You, you you'd figure it out. That shit would just be like popping out of nowhere you go chase a rainbow and strangle the fucking lucky charms guy take his gold i mean whatever it took you'd make it happen because it's worth more than the money right right that's all we're doing so you know make them the hero make them feel good and then it's not about the money i'm the god got them got them where they wanted they just solved their own thing they're the freaking hero they feel good about themselves and then i thank them when we get off the phone problem solved booyah Here's where it doesn't work. Here's where it doesn't work, though, Addison. When you got an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I think this guy is that at this point. But I think, you know, communication solves every problem. That's what we run by. But, you know, we do yeah. what we got to do. Yeah. 
the only thing I know how to sometimes, and this is kind of a Hail Mary, when you're dealing with an asshole. So that client I just told you about the other day, yeah. we kind of got a little confrontational Tuesday. She even mentioned that I was wasting her time. And I, I, I had to literally, I had to hold my breath, man. I'm just like, you demanded all this. And then I'm not doing it quick enough for you, apparently. So when I talked to her yesterday, she didn't ask me to check my calendar. You know, like when we finished Tuesday, she was like, you can call me this day at this time, period. So, of course, I changed it a little bit because I was like, you know, nobody's going to tell me how I'm going to call somebody back, right? Not like in a situation like that. You pay me $100,000 a year. You said that. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, You got it. See you then. I'll call you two minutes early, right? So, anyways, when I called her, I was like, you know what? I want to go back and address Tuesday. And I was like, here's what I was trying to do. Here's how I did it wrong. Because I did do some stuff wrong. It was kind of like, you know, pissing contest a little bit there towards the end. No need, right? And then I addressed that, and she totally chilled the, chilled the fuck out. Right. And then you know what I actually got to do? I actually got to spend a few minutes on the phone helping her be in her God. But I had to go back and address, and I had to be the first one to be humble and say, you know what? I did do this wrong. In all honesty, she was definitely wrong. I could have just worked better with her on it. Right. Totally an ass. She was off base. But I can at least admit. So I, I basically just said, here was where I was wrong. You know what? I shouldn't have done it that way. And I hope we can move forward and do things you know, better this way. She felt addressed. She felt validated. Shit, we got down to business. Then I was her God. She got the phone. She's happy. She she likes me. Yeah. Boom. Problem solved. Hope so. Hope so. Yeah. But I mean, if not, I, then I'm definitely in the hole on her because now I've spent a couple of hours worth of time. And I'm really on the hole in the account. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to ownership and handling the business. And I think that's a lot of people, you know, if you take the ownership out, you know, obviously the word ownership, but if you take that out of, out of their pocket and you say, hey, look, this is my problem. You know, this is where I messed up. This is what I did wrong. You make it where they did nothing wrong. And it's a lot easier to open up that clamshell at that point. Yeah. I mean, you put down the guard, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you, you come up with, uh, in a defensive position. I mean, that's what people, I mean, it's human nature. You're going to react that way too. Right. So, you know, you come with an olive branch, hopefully, you know, they're going to chill the fuck out. I mean, most, let's be real. Most people are decent human beings. For the majority, except for that dickhead that broke in your truck. He is not a decent human being. No, no. So, but most are. And, you know, I mean, there's been times I've been a total dick to people just because I was having the wrong day and I interpreted what they said incorrectly. Yep. You know, and I like to think I'm a really nice guy. But that person, wherever they were on that certain day, thinks I am like a dirt bag. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, makes a difference, man. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's very tactical information that people can take away from it. Well, you know, it, it really got me thinking. So Andy Fursella, I was in a meeting and he discussed, I, it was a really cool point. And I think it helps definitely for business owners. I, I am all about team mentality. I mean, I've even told my 
team many times. It, it, I don't give a damn whose name's on the door. That's not what it's about. It's giving good quality, consistent, right? So, like, I really try to stay out of the whole, well, you're the owner. Um, frankly, because I'm the owner, like, I try to be the first one here. I try to stay, you know what I mean? Like, right. when I leave, I try to tell people specifically where I'm going so they don't think I'm, bo- you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really try to be accountable to my team. But I like what Andy Purcell said the other day, and it really stuck with me. He was talking about, he goes, I look at it like I work for a guy named Andy at first form. He's like, I got to go to work. I got to put on my work hat and my work right. jacket. And I got to, I got to do what Mr. Andy says, or he isn't going to be happy. Like I got to do good quality work when I get there. And I got to put my game face on. Right. I'm finished for the day. I take that fucking hat off and you know, whatever my work clothes off and I'm done. But I really like that concept because I also, to me, where I fail a lot of times is accountability of the people under me. Cause I'm so much about being a team. Sometimes I'm going to look at me like, Hey, you're not doing this to the level you can. My job is hold you accountable. Right. Now, if I looked at it, it was a Mr. Chapman that told me and said, James, your job is to make sure people are accountable and all this shit runs right. And if you don't, I'm going to be up your ass. I wouldn't have any problem doing it. Right. Dang. So, that's, I need to be looking at it. Yeah, that's slick. So... Especially like if you are an entrepreneur, like that's something you need to hold, hold yourself accountable to that. Like, I like that, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, so. Sweet. Um, I think, I think we could wrap it up right, you know, uh, probably right here, man. I know we did ramble a little bit in the front, but Mm. everything got tied up real nice and snug at the end here. Cause I think. Well, I think we covered some great stuff. Yeah. Can I run back to it? Yeah, go ahead read a book and one with something about Navy sales. Apparently it's a pretty good idea. Cause there's plenty of them out there. <laughs> um, don't be shit bags and break into people's cars. Yep. Cause they'll talk about you and hate you forever. And you'll hate yourself. Cause it'll be real. You're just a piece of shit. Um, make sure you have insurance. Make sure you have insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I know a guy, give him a call. Yeah. All right. Um, selfless plug there. You know, be accountable to your company just like you expect your employees to be. Yeah. Right? Be the guide. Don't try to be the hero. Be the fucking guide. Yep. There you go. And execute. There we go. 100%. I think that sums it up, bro. That sums it up. Also, I got ringworm on my thigh. Dude, you're just fucked up right now. We need to have a, when this thing ends, we're going to have a little chat. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I scratched it and put bleach on it, so it's going away. Oh, Jesus Christ. October is not your month. Nah. Sales are good, though. That's what's up. Let's see. There you go. But that's it. Right. Focus okay. on the good, brother. Focus Everything on the good. else is all. All the grinders out there, focus on the good. Do something with it. Be the fucking God. Quit trying to be the damn hero and do some good stuff. Sounds like a plan. Grinder out. Grinder out.